0: Welcome to the Prism of Torah Podcast Archive, with your host, Rabbi Asaf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Dvar Torah called, Being Part of a Bigger Plan, on Pashas Balak. Shalom to everyone. This week I'm able to say a uh, Dvar Torah on Balak, which will be also Shayach to Bnei Chutzlar and also to Elsie soil. So I want to share with you a short idea that I heard by my rosh of Mantos Shlita, and it's a very interesting comment and the idea that comes out of it is very nice, and I think it's applicable to all. So we'll try to build on it. At the beginning of the parsha, we all know the episode is that the everyone was scared of Neisrael, and they realized the only way they can beat them is perhaps by cursing them out. So the best person to do that was who was a prophet that HaKadosh Buhu, who ensured the goyim also has a prophet have a prophet and therefore Balak realized this, the king of Moab and he sent at the beginning of the parsha messengers to get Bilam to curse out the Jewish people now he sent very important messengers to tell him that and what was his reaction? Billam's reaction he said the following even if Balak would give me a house full of silver and gold, I can't go against Hashem to do something small or big. Now, this is very interesting because he says a very similar statement at the end of the parsha when he speaks to Balak, and again they request him to do to curse the Israel, the Jewish people. But then, his, his, what he said is something totally different. What The beginning sounds the same. Later on, he says like this, If Balak would give me a household of silver and gold, that was the same as the beginning of the previous statement, I would not be able to do good or bad. Not big or small, but good or bad. He won't be able to do good or bad on his own. That's what he says, on his own. So the question is, why, why the change in, in, uh, towards the end of the statement? So, Rabbi just wanted to be a nice idea over here. Let's not forget that the beginning was when Willem held himself very highly and he says, you want to tell me what to do? You have to send me very mechubad people so I'll get a lot of covet, I deserve a lot of honor, and he realized Hashem exists, and he said, no problem, you want me to curse, I can do, I can try my best, Hashem will decide how extreme the effect will be on Bnei Israel, big or small, but he understood for sure I'm going to have an effect, how big it is that I can't take responsibility, that, I know Hashem exists, Hashem is in charge, he'll decide if it's going to be big or small, but Towards the end of the Parsha, after many episodes happened, such as that Hashem turned Bilam's curse, turned it into a blessing, and also he went through some other extreme episodes, such as his his donkey talked to him and tried to give him Musar, what are you doing? Then he realized that really it doesn't matter what you try to do, you can try to do something that's good, and the opposite will happen It'll end up being bad or the and vice versa you. You can just want to do something, and that's the only master kiyakadishbul who gave you, which is Shit, freedom of choice. You can only choose to do good or bad. Is it what ripple effect and result will it be? That's not in our hands anymore. You can choose to to get the best etrog, the best esrog you want. At the end of the day is the Pitam going to fall off last second before Sukkot and make a puzzle? Maybe that's not in your hands. You can want to get the best one. You can do your biggest ishtadlut, hichtatlus to try to get the best one and to be a better Jew, and that's what it's all about, and that's how you're being judged. Vachmanali, <laughs> bye bye. Hashem wants our hearts, and that's our uh, son and we have to do our best. But at the end of the day, it's not up to us. The only thing that's up to us is to choose, and perhaps that's the recognition. Bilam realized and recognized that, and that's why at the end he said. I can't even, at the end of the day, it's all after Hashem. I can try, but I don't know. I can try to do good, Hashem will turn into bad. I can try to do bad, Hashem will turn into good. I don't know what's going to end up happening. It doesn't matter what my heart wants. At the end of the day, the result is only talui baKodesh Boho That he came to the realization after what he went through. And this yesoy, this concept is so true for each one of us. And I think if we look back on our lives, each one can find many cases that we really, really pushed for something to happen, but really, really pushed, and we did everything, and not only did it not happen, sometimes the one thing we did ended up having having the opposite effect, exact opposite effect, for good or for bad, it doesn't matter, but that's because, once again, the same theme, it's all part of one big optical illusion that HaKadosh Buhu is creating, we can try to do our best. And that is what it's all about. We just have to want and try to do our best to do let's Hashem, whatever Hashem is asking us, and we always have to have this infinite loop in our minds, what would Hashem want me to do in this scenario? And we have to try to do it, and that's it. And if we don't know what that is, then we ask our friend, if he can't help us, even though he has a more unbiased opinion, view on the matter, then we ask our Rav. That's why it says, we have to get our Rav to help us and if we can't it's not, it doesn't suffice with our friend then we should do that with, with our Rav it's so important because that is what life is all about in his Akadama says I think I mentioned this before that at the end of the day a person that does think, doesn't think every day and takes time out in his week to think how did I act today where can I become better it's very dangerous, because at the end of the day, it's like we're walking in the darkness. What happens when one walk, walks in the darkness? Two things can go wrong. One thing is, he can't see anything, so he bumps into things. So he doesn't even know if something is a mitzvah and a vera. that's the nimshal. He doesn't know. But worse than that, he can look from far, something that looks like a tree, he'll think, Michal, he, it looks to him like it's a person, not a tree, or, or the opposite. So too, the darkness, without working on oneself all the time, by accident, we can we think that in a vega, our Yitzhara makes us think it's a mitzvah. So what do we do? So he says it's very important to have someone already beat their Yitzhara in a high level, and you can consult with them. He says it's like a maze. A maze that you go into, you can't tell the difference. You don't even know how to get to the middle of it's gold. But you can't get there, because there's many dead ends. But someone that's already been through that maze is in in, in the middle of the maze. He got to the gold. He can... It's like he has an overview of the map of the maze. And he can tell you, come here, go there, turn left, turn right. He can help you. And that's why it's so important to have a Rav guide us. So we always try to do the right thing. And that's what's important. But we have to come to the realization and not get frustrated if we try to do something. And the outcome was different or even the opposite of what we tried. Because all that matters is what we tried. On that, Hashem judges us. The outcome, that's part of a bigger plan. We have to put our heads down. And no matter what the outcome is, say to Hashem, thank you that's why we say a blessing also dayan on bad things and also on good things because we know everything as Rashi says in Laseches with a full heart not that we're happy necessarily but we realize, we really believe that everything is for the best and it's part of a bigger plan and if you think about it in a deeper way when you try to affect other people either your parents, your siblings, your kids it doesn't matter at the end of the day, you can just try to affect them. But they have their own master key. And they'll decide how to act and if to do it's on shim or not. So we can try to do our best to affect them. But at the end of the day, that key is in their hands. Because they, everyone, there's optical illusions in the world. But it's all made that there'll be room for freedom of choice for everyone to have. With that, I just want to end up with a story I saw. And the person that went through this, actually he wrote the article... I don't remember the name right now because I don't have the article in front of me, but it was in the Holocaust towards the end of the war where the Germans, the shemam, took the Jewish people uh, that and they took them from their camps because they, they had to retreat back as it looked like they were towards the end they were going to lose the war. And they went back and they had to schlep them all the way to Germany, hundreds of kilometers, and they could barely walk. They were so weak. At the end they went to, to the camp. Uh, I forgot the name. Something blazing. And bergen Blasen or something like that. And over there, there were Jews and also Russian soldiers that they caught, that they were held captive. And one morning, the Nazis, the they come and they say to everyone, "Listen, we know that the days are coming to an end. You're going to be—it's only a couple days—you're going to be freed. But we want to ensure that you tell the the, the British soldiers that we took care of you nicely." So we decided to give you fresh buns today. This is, of course, after they haven't—they barely eaten. I don't know how much they had, but they barely had anything. One slice of bread a day, maybe, maybe not even that. And they're waiting. So this guy said, "I was waiting in line," and from far I saw one bag of fresh buns and my heart was beating am i gonna get one am i not gonna get one he started even having a cold sweat because he really wanted the bun he didn't know if he would get he started doing chesh how many are left there's only seven i'm seventh am i eighth in line what's happening as he got closer to, to, the, to, to getting the bun he realized he realized that he will get one and he got one and then as he got one he looked in from the corner of his eye he saw there was many other bags of buns and he was just worried for no reason but he decided, I have to take a risk over here. I need to get another bun. So he goes back in line when no one sees. And he took another bun. One of the Russian soldiers that were held captive there as well realized that. And he, he told him, hey, Jew, give me that give me that uh, bun, the second bun of yours. And he said, no, I'm not giving you my second bun. And they started fighting over it. And he hit him really hard together with his friend, And... He was about to faint and he said, I don't understand. Hashem, you could have taken me any second. So many opportunities, you could have taken me already. Now you're going to take me away from this world days before they're going to rescue us and free us? And then he was out. And as he woke up, suddenly he felt the sun. And that wasn't normal because they haven't seen the sun for years in the morning. Because they were forced to wake up in the middle of the night every day and whoever didn't, they just killed him. And then he realized where he was, because it took him time. He looked around and he sees all these people lying on the floor. And he came to the realization... Some people had half a bun in their hands. He came to the realization that all the buns were poisoned. So, the reason of saying this story, even though it's a sad story, because you see that everything is part of a plan. We know that everything HaKadosh Bukhul does for a reason, that's part of a big plan. So it doesn't matter what happens. He really wanted to eat. He made the decision, I want to eat buns. But Hashem didn't let him. And now we see why it was for the best for him, that he didn't eat. He needed to stay alive. So Hashem would, under no circumstances, allow that to happen. And it's through that, that came Yeshua, that he was saved. And I think every one of us has stories if we look back that there are things we tried to do and the opposite happened and also we were zoiche and we merited to see why it ended up being in hindsight for our best. So I want to say that's P'shara Chassidah and when Moeshe Rabbeinu talks to HaKadosh and says to him please I want to know your ways and then it says no no one can see me and, and continue living you can only see my back What, what does he mean by that? So perhaps the idea is if you look back, sometimes I'll let you understand why things happened the way they were. But to look forward, to see my face, to look forward and try to figure out why things are happening, that no one in this world can, can understand. That we'll live our lives realizing that whatever comes our way is part of a big plan that HaKadosh Baruch wants for us. And we'll be zoycheh to, to, to live happy, happily because we'll realize Hashem is taking care of us and we're close to Hashem. Have a great Shabbos. Thank you. be sure to visit our website prismoftorah.com you can contact us from the website technical support for the Prism of Torah is done for free by Ellie Podcast Productions please share this podcast with your friends and family it can make a difference to everyone production was done Le